Welcome to the Zeal Interestings podcast, where we discuss an interesting article or link from the week. Uh, I'm your host for the week, Trevor Yerish, and my co-host for this week is Chris White. Chris, how you doing? I'm great. How are you doing today, Trevor? I'm, t- I'm doing awesome. It's a beautiful day. I'm excited to talk about today's topic. So this week, we're discussing the article that came out, the GOP data firm accidentally leaks personal details of nearly 200 million American voters, uh, which was how it was. That was the headline, the sort of clickbait that was put out there by gizmodo.com. So yeah, this is an interesting topic. And uh, if you wanted to follow along, you'll find the link to this article in our show notes. And so Chris, can you give us a quick summary of what the article is actually talking about? Absolutely. So the article details this leak of data. The firm's name was Deep Root. They served the GOP in the 2016 election, and a security analytics firm called UpGuard, uh, Chris Vickery at that firm, found that they had kind of a, this dump of files of analytical data that covered over 200 million profiles of uh, U.S. voters. Uh, and it has their profile information, phone numbers, birth dates, and some other interesting information. That is uh, pretty wild. That sounds like a big deal. Is that is that that is this a big leak? Is this? Yeah, I think that this is probably the largest leak of political information that's ever occurred. Wow. Okay. And 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 again, can what what exactly was the data that was leaked? Like, what's the specifics of the data that was leaked? Definitely. I think that that's a great, interesting piece of this puzzle. Normally, you just hear about like websites that leak their usernames and passwords, and you have to change your password. That's a bummer and annoying. But this, this data dump seemed to have profile information for probably almost certainly every registered U.S. voter. 200 million is just a lot of people. Uh, and it has their names, their addresses, phone numbers, some birth dates, but even more interesting, it has preferences on uh, issues that were uh, big during the election this year. Mm. And where they got that information from various sources is interesting too. Like it looked like they had gun registration data and some scraped Reddit forums cross-reference to uh, people's identities to try to, I think they're, they're trying to build profiles of what issues people were interested in, what was their most important issues. So it's really interesting to kind of get a lens into how you know, the political data machine works. That is pretty wild. And I guess it's, it is kind of important to throw out there and just sort of reiterate that in the aftermath of these clickbaity type of headlines, that uh, the, the data firm DeepRoot did come out and say that though they serve the GOP, that this leak had no ties or or that the GOP actually had nothing to do with the leak, meaning the GOP wasn't serving the data, that it was Deep Root that was serving the data, and it was their bad, essentially. Is that right? That's right. The security firm found the data just on an Amazon cloud service, probably something like S3, absolutely no protection on it. So wait, 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 wait. You have 200 million voters information with some pretty what sounds like in in-depth information that is probably not real easy to come by regarding opinions and biases and things like that and it's just sitting on a server with a like anybody could just hit this link and get this information 
Right. Anyone that has the link, is my understanding from the article, could just get directly to this information. And it looks like it looked like it was lots of different files with different kinds of demographic information. I think with the goal of kind of building building some sort of a database that cross-references all of this different like preference information along with people's identities. So that sounds like a massive vulnerability that obviously, I mean, that's that's an easy thing to point at, right? And it, this is not unique to Deep Root or to this scenario with, with the voter names being released. We've been hearing for the last several years of data leaks, right? And you mentioned usually it's like username and password stuff. There was the stuff that came out with like the Ashley Madison stuff, which was like, there was all kinds of credit cards that ended marriages. There was all kinds of backlash and repercussions of, of that leak. So this is, I mean, this is obviously a really, really big deal. And being that we ourselves are development consultancy, right? So we build software as Zeal. It's, you know, it's a big responsibility to make sure that when you're building software, you're protecting your users as best you possibly can. So maybe throw out there, like, what are some of the ways in which if you're a business and you're hiring a company to manage your data, like in this situation, what are some things as a, as, as a business that I could make sure of that, like maybe a little checklist that I could, questions I could ask that would maybe expose if this was an issue and help, you know, root it out and, and solve the problem? Well, I think that ground zero, ask how are you going to protect the data? What data, if you're hiring an outside firm, what data are they receiving? How are they managing that data? Who has access to that data? Just asking the question, it even implies that you want an accountability-based relationship. There's no way of knowing like what kinds of conversations occurred between the different firms supplying data to DeepRoot that they kind of aggregated in this way. It seems like if this data was available throughout the election, and you know now we're six months out from the election, right. and this data is just now being discovered and, and locked down. But it seems like if during the election, many, many groups were use, utilizing this data via this public link, if it feels like, why is this only now being noticed and being taken care of? I, th I think that anyone in that whole process probably could have had the opportunity to stop and say, hey, why, why didn't I get get asked for a password with this link, what if this link gets out? And as a consultancy, I think I think it's really important for us to remember that even just raising the questions can get the ball rolling on that sort of thing. In the panic of the election, perhaps that was over. Sure, sure. There's a couple of things there. Basically, yeah, the big one just make sure you're asking a lot of questions. If you've if you're dealing with user data, even if you know it's as simple as an e-commerce platform or something along those lines, understand what the flow of data is, understand what touches that data and where that data is exposed or, or available to be seen. Just ask the questions. You do your very best. And at the end of the day, um, it is good occasionally, if you, especially if you're dealing with critical data, to have some sort of an audit done, some sort of a security audit done. And there's some really cool services out there. One that I know of is, is HackerOne is the name of the company. And basically, you, you hire them to try and hack you. And they will. They, what they do is they will go in and expose all of these blemishes, all of these openings, all of these security holes, and uh, and report them back to you so you can fix them. And they do that, and of course, avoid something like this where the fix or the fact that the issue exists is not exposed to the public, where 
200 million voters' identities can be distributed widely and easily right. to everyone in the world that wants to know the information. So it is valuable. So there's a couple of resources, yeah. a couple of resources there. And uh, yeah, did you have any like sort of last thoughts on on the topic itself? I think I think it's really super interesting to see, like I said before, you know, you assume that large political parties uh, are very analytical in their approach to how they like position, position their candidates and write write statements on issues. But it's really interesting to see that like this is the gears of how that engine works. It, if you suspect that people are collecting information about you, obviously you're right. You know, just use, <laughs> just being a user of the internet. You should assume that people are collecting information about you, and it can have interesting, you know, ways. You know, there's no ma- necessarily individual malice in this sort of thing. Like, I don't think that any of the political parties or analytics firms involved care about any of the individual people in this 200 million person list. So that I don't think that their intentions are foul and like trying to manipulate individuals, but they're trying to manipulate, you know, a population as a whole based on information that they're gathering that you may not be aware that they're gathering and correlating. And so that's super interesting. And, and it's not it's certainly not just the GOP. Hillary Rodden Clinton mentioned uh, her data engine in a recent interview on the podcast Recode Decode. So she, she was definitely like that was actually one of the first things she mentioned when she talked about like the strength of her campaign and some of the more sizing up her, her comparative like uh, arsenal versus her opponent. Right. This is not limited in scope to the political piece. It's not. This is not a political piece. This is data information piece. This is a privacy piece, right? Uh, while at the same time, it did expose a lot of political information. That was what came out of this. Was a lot of political information, but. Beyond that, I mean, this wasn't like, oh, this was because of the GOP. That's that's something that you know. Right. Again, that was just the that clickbait. was the clickbait exactly. <laughs> if you hate the gob, click that's here. That's right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we want to be very clear. This this statement, what we're doing, that what we're talking about is not political in nature. What we're talking about is the problem, the data problem, the privacy problem, and maybe just some things that that you can think about when you're trying to deal with these issues uh, with your data. Yeah. So. Awesome. Yeah, and certainly you should just be aware that it's very likely that that parts of your identity are are public. You know, if if it hasn't happened already, it's certainly if you're a U.S. citizen and you've ever like registered to vote or have a public record of any kind, it it seems like some part of your identity is now part of you know this public discourse. So, uh, you know, just do basic things to protect yourself, like check your credit occasionally and make sure that people aren't trying to use your personal information to to do stuff and you can try to prevent it but it might happen and everyone has a story about their debit card being stolen or someone filing their taxes for them or something like that so definitely take some precautions and and keep an eye on those yeah and the standard things like use different passwords for different sites and then also have a routine of going and changing passwords maybe once a year or something like that just again take more measures but I think, you know, not to be doomsday or, you know, uh, like really negative Nelly on the topic. I think at this point, data is so ubiquitous and you, everything we do is online and, and, and there's so much benefit to that. Like the connectivity and the ability and the way that business can happen these days is unparalleled. You need to be connected to do business these days and and the way that it's changed and evolved how we have access to things whether it's purchasing or otherwise it's amazing it really truly is amazing 
and it comes at a cost. There's repercussions, and some of that is is this data issue and personal, you know, privacy issue. And so uh, it's not going to so end now. So you're not now. digging a bunker later today to go completely radio Oh, I dug a bunker, you know, years ago. And yes, every night I go crawl in that bunker. And so for at least a few hours a day, people can't track my location. So there, you there go. it is. There yeah. You go. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening today. We love, love, love bringing you this type of information and, and, and things that we find interesting. Hey, Chris, can you maybe tell them where they could find more of this type of stuff? Absolutely. Interesting is, is is something that exists out there in many different formats. You can sign up for our newsletter at codingzeal.com slash interestings or follow us on Twitter at codingzeal. Awesome. Awesome. Everybody have a great day. We appreciate it and looking forward to talking to you next time. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>